Give the secret handshake. Check your cloaks. And remove your tinfoil hats. This is the Illuminati Social Club. The podcast you don't want they to know about. This is bullshit. This series presents information based in part on theory and conjecture. The producer's purpose is to suggest some possible explanation, but not necessarily the only ones to the mysteries we will examine. Welcome to the uh, In Search of series. That's right. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll get this right. It's still early. Uh, here on the Illuminati Social Club, I'm your host, Jason from Parma. Joining me, as he does, from Tampa, Florida, Mr. Oliver Oxide. Thank you for the pay increase. Yes, yes. Uh, hello, all. <laughs> How are you? Good. Yes, between the first episode and second episode, we had to have some negotiations. Yeah, because I was going to hold out. Yes. Yeah. And from uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia, a man who uh, didn't need a contract renegotiation, uh, Dr. Steve Cloutier. Although I did get a partial no-trade clause. Okay, yes. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> We're not going to trade you. We're not going to trade you to Dixon Janes. <laughs> <laughs> For a podcast to be named later, yeah. <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about Season 4, Episode 2, The Most Wanted Man in the World. And this, uh, besides the title of my autobiography... Um, <laughs> This is a this is a show, an episode about um, a gentleman by the name uh, who just goes by. Uh, well, let's see his. Hold on, his full name is. Let me find it because I can't remember it off the top of my head. Steve probably knows it. I will, but I'll let you look it up. Uh, it is uh, Illich Ramirez Sanchez, <laughs> but he's better known as Carlos. And. Uh, I found this episode fascinating, even though I didn't really know who they were talking about until I actually uh, looked it up, and then, okay, now I know who it is. So, Oliver, what were your impressions of this episode? Well, I'm going to shock you. I I was really looking forward to this episode because I think this is what In Search Of does so well. Hmm. I was a little disappointed. Really? I got to tell you. I got to tell you. A little disappointed. Wow. Uh, dumb reenactments, and mm-hmm. then we turn into a training film at the end. I don't know what, that, <laughs> what the hell that was about. Steve, what were your impressions? No, I, I agree with uh, Oliver. I, I was kind of disappointed in, mm-hmm. in that. Um, you know, it, it – it, my, my reaction was kind of like the opposite of last episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last wow. episode, yes. I, I was yeah. – uh, yeah. I was, you were, you were I was dreading, dreading the last episode. And I really liked it. Mm-hmm. I was looking forward to this one, and I didn't like it very mm-hmm. much. Well, uh, let's let's hear what uh, our newly mustachioed uh, Nimoy has to say about this episode. Vienna. December 21st, 1975. My birthday. The Organization of Oil Exporting Countries, OPEC, is meeting to once again raise the price of oil. Recreated here is one of history's boldest terrorist operations. Ilich Ramirez Sanchez 
alias Carlos, with his gang, quietly enter OPEC headquarters. Their plan? Hold the powerful oil ministers hostage and kill the two most important members, the oil minister of Iran and of Saudi Arabia. Who is Carlos? How did he dare dictate terms to OPEC and become the most wanted man in the world? I don't know. Um, I still don't know. Uh, yes, this is uh, about uh, now familiar. So before the episode, I, I wondered about this. Uh, he is now familiarly. OK, that word uh, known as <laughs> Carlos the Jackal. After a book you said, I don't, you know. Yes, it's the greatest plane book ever written. Oh, okay. If you ever go on a long flight, mm-hmm. I highly recommend The Day of the Jackal by Frederick Forsyth. Yep. Uh, it is fantastic. But it was written uh, in 1971, Steve? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because De Gaulle, yeah. It was an assassination attempt on De Gaulle. Yeah, so the, the book came first. And the reason he got the nom de plume, if I may use a Steve phrase, uh, um, <laughs> is uh, that sounds very university. Um, it's is that he was photographed and the book was in the background. Ah, yep. okay. And and some writer decided to take some artistic license <laughs> and and put the two together. Okay. But what this, if you really look into into what Carlos was, he was pretty inept <laughs> when it, it came was. down to it. <laughs> really. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I don't know much about uh, you know this character, if you will. Well, we'll get on. We'll we'll as Leonard just said, he was tasked with, tasked with killing the oil minister of Iran and Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. As we'll get as we'll go along, yes. we'll find out that perhaps he took a different path. Let's yes. Say that. Yes. <laughs> I, I I I would add an adjective to inept, inept <laughs> and lucky. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. He was. He was. He was a little bit. He, it's a bit like verbal kint from the usual suspects. Is it? It's more PR. It's more public relations yeah. than it is yeah. effectiveness. Um. So they asked the question: Who would attack OPEC? Well, my guess is Carlos. Uh. <laughs> well, that's an interesting geopolitical thing because I, I'm. Uh, please stop me if I'm going off on a tangent. No, no, no. go go off on tangents. But at the time, of course, the Palestinians hated all of these rich Arab states because they weren't funding them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So once once they got a clue, I mean, Saudi Arabia now funds the PLO like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that was that was one of the when you hear that the Palestinians are attacking, um, uh, I mean, outside of Iran because you know Iranians aren't Arabs, but but it, it, you kind of you kind of wonder, well, why was that happening? Well, it was because they wouldn't rec- they wouldn't they wouldn't pay the PLO. Yeah. Hmm. And just to be clear, Steve, the organization, the the Liberation Front, became the PLO, or was it always a separate organization? No, it it, it became the PLO. PLO. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, uh, you know, the, the part of this recreation is, uh, you know, the receptionist is, uh, you know, on the floor trying to call for help, and he runs up behind her and he's pointing his gun down. And I'll give him credit on the, you know, on, you know, with the recreation that, you know, I thought for sure he would, you know, he was aiming at her head. 
And no, he shoots the phone. Phone. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of giggled when I saw that. I was like, okay. And, and then that's when I determined that the receptionist will eventually run off with Carlos and marry him. All I could think of was WKRP and the phone police, the phone cops. <laughs> They're in with the real cops, man. Yeah, the so the, phone cops, man. <laughs> so, so then I like, I like, you know, somebody wrestles the gun away from him. But then they couldn't figure out how to use it because obviously Carlos uses a very complicated gun. Or the safety was on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they they used uh, you know C four and silly putty. You know, <laughs> yeah. Al- alternatively to uh, yeah. you know, which one's which? Which one's which? <laughs> uh, and and I did have to la- laugh at the uh, the the. The the Einsatz Commando prepping for duty was kind of kind <laughs> yeah. of a humorous recreation. <laughs> it reminded me of something out of like a Dragnet or a, a Police Squad. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, but is is it me or did they all look like middle aged men? Yes, they did. Yeah. It's, it's like I was I was I was looking for George Kennedy in there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like I said, I never heard of the guy until I looked him up on Google and then I realized, oh, it's Carlos the Jackal. Okay. So yeah, there we go. Um, so yeah, that's like the first eight and a half minutes of this episode is just this recreation. Mm-hmm. They really didn't, you know, they, and, and they still go, you know, like they're like, like we discussed last episode, you know, it, it, I feel like with these first two episodes, they're going in a different direction with In Search Of. Like, they're, they're doing something different, and I can't put my finger on it just yet. Well, I think they're doing historical, but I, we should point out that this eight and a half re- minute reenactment mm-hmm. looks like it was done like with a level one improv group. <laughs> I mean, it was really poorly done. Um, and, and, I just thought that they may have, you know, maybe they blew all their budgets on going to Hawaii in season yeah. one. But yeah, that could have been. I think that if you're going to do a reenactment, you better do it, you know, a little bit better than that. So now we have a uh, we, we have another clip here. Uh, only our second clip, and this is at eight and a half minutes. So you know, I still managed to get seven out of this episode for somehow, some way, and they're all long. So here we go. At dawn the next day, Carlos leaves OPEC with 35 hostages. This is actual film of that morning. Here, Carlos plays out a bizarre scene, shaking hands and even embracing those he had terrorized hours earlier. Psychiatrist Dr. Frederick Hacker is author of the book Crusaders, Criminals, and Crazies. Well, we see that very often that some kind of strong emotional and affective ties develop between uh, kidnappers and captured, particularly when the siege goes on for a longer time. And uh, it seems as if a we group, so to speak, is forming that then turns against everybody who does not belong to that, namely the police, even the relatives of the victims. And uh, it is this strange communion that seems to form in the face of extreme danger that uh, that engages our attention. So there, it, it, Stockholm Syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yep. But also, it's a little bit of PR. I mean, that mm. move that he did of shaking everybody's hand and all that kind of stuff as he's letting them go, 
that's straight PR. Oh yeah. I mean, that's propaganda. I mean, you know, oh, everybody loves me. You know, I'm, you know, everybody's with me on this cause. He, he told them before they walked out, uh, you know, you better shake my hand and embrace me or, you know, my, my goons are going to kill you. Yeah. Yeah. So of course that's what they're going to do. Yeah. Now, can we talk briefly about the goons? Yes. Because the goons, were, was, wasn't one of them in uh, Batter Meinhof or something, Steve? <laughs> uh, no. One of the women? No, no, I don't think she was actually in Batter okay. Meinhof. Because <laughs> okay. there was a point where Batter Meinhof uh, essentially had a contract out on Carlos. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, because he'd screwed them over. No. Well, yeah, well, no, the, the thing we're going to get to later oh, okay. because okay. because of that. Okay. They basically thought he sold out. Right. Oh well. We, oh yeah. We're getting to that. Yeah. <laughs> so my my other question is: Does it seem like an in search of like every time they have a psychiatrist or psychologist on, they have to have a German accent? Is that like part of the contract? Yes. Well, I love the alliteration in the title of his book. <laughs> yeah. It's like you know Crusaders. alliteration much. I thought it was a Gino Vanelli album. <laughs> uh, I digress. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, perfect. Uh, so now, now we're going to hear from the uh, the president of uh, – hold on. I can't remember. Where, who is Kreisky? The, uh, Kreisky, yeah, he was, he was the chancellor of Austria. Okay. So we're going to hear from him now. The worldwide press condemned Chancellor Kreisky as being soft on terrorism. Had Kreisky refused to yield, how many hostages would Carlos have killed from the moment he started to deal with me, there had been already three killed people in the building and a lot of destruction. More proof for his will to kill hadn't been necessary for me. He has a very intense voice. Um... He's Austrian. He has to be. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, basically it's Kreisky. Uh, he's defending his decision to give in to Carlos's demands because, he, you know, he, he didn't want to risk all the hostages, you know, get them back in a different way rather than well, risk. He wanted, it to be, he wanted it to be Algeria's problem. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, so apparently Carlos became a millionaire thanks to this caper. Oh, he became more than that. They 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 grossly underestimated how much money he got. Yeah. Um, and his real name is Ilich Ramirez Sanchez. So, there we go. And now we come to a clip where I have a very big question that maybe Steve can answer. You know which clip I'm talking about, don't you? Yes. So, here we go. It had been a fast and bloody rise in the underworld of international terrorism for Carlos. After OPEC, at age 26, he was the acknowledged ringmaster of terrorism in Europe. Who is Carlos, and how did he achieve his infamous reputation? Few sons have been fashioned by their fathers as completely as Carlos. He grew up as the pampered son of a devout communist. In business affairs, however, Dr. Jose Sanchez is a capitalist having made millions in real estate. Huh? Huh? Steve, as a, not... as a communist, uh, you know, yes. can you please uh, 
Can can you please explain how somebody can be both a communist and a capitalist at the same time? They can't be. <laughs> However, they can claim to be communist because it gives them access to certain groups. Okay. <laughs> I, I I heard that line and I I I I think my brain like my my brain switched off for a moment like I think it needed to reboot after hearing that. I was like, "No, that's awful." That's uh. my my mother used to call them silver spoon socialists. <laughs> uh, um, che Guevara was a silver spoon socialist <laughs> as well, right? Um, you know, you find people people who follow this. They're either doing it for a cause, or they're doing it because it's fashionable. <laughs> yes. And I think in this case, it was just fashionable. Yes, I agree. But by, by the way. It, Okay, go ahead. Go if, ahead if he advertised as a communist lawyer, especially in Venezuela at that particular time, uh, he was going to get hired by uh, huge amounts of people if they ever got into trouble. So I, I actually have literally in my notes, Dr. Sanchez is a devout communist except when it comes to business. Then he's a capitalist. What? Steve, please explain. <laughs> <laughs> So then we see the TV cameras badgering dear old dad. Well, we had, we had uh, Prime Minister of Canada and his son. I mean, <laughs> Pierre Trudeau was a silver spoon socialist mm -hmm. big time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and then uh, we find out that Carlos studied terrorism in college. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering about that. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that's a really interesting degree that, to get. Is that on yeah. the, uh, you know, is that, is that in the curriculum? you put that on LinkedIn? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, Steve, can you send me a copy of your course book? Let me yeah. see if terrorism yeah. is in there. Yeah. <laughs> Sent to Moscow yeah. to study terrorism. Uh, and I, I also like, go like ahead. to point out that the Russians kicked him out. Mm -hmm. Yes. Probably because they realized that he was a silver spoon socialist. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, also, he was he was more interested in girls. Yes. And he was in communism. Yeah. Which is another thing that is littered through this episode. It's it's like I, wow. I, I would I would like to say I am more interested in girls than I am in communism. So, me too. <laughs> um, I'm not so sure. <laughs> or or as my wife says, I try to cram Marxism into every conversation <laughs> I have. So. <sighs> I'm going to hold off. on. Uh, I'm not going to say anything more there because I could really go off on a tangent. Uh, so, oh, uh, let's see. Now now we get to the, uh, I, I think this is where Oliver kind of thought this episode went off the rails. Because now he got, he got kicked out of college in Moscow. So he went to, uh, he went to Palestinian training camps. And here we go. From Moscow, the Carlos Trail leads to Palestinian training camps in Lebanon and Jordan. In camps like this one, Carlos was trained in the use of terrorist weapons. Sitting among his classmates from a dozen countries, it is here the alias Carlos Martinez was first used by Ilich Ramirez Sanchez. The name stuck. And the transformation from Elitch the student to Carlos the terrorist was completed. He went to work for the Palestinians. 
So there we go. He went to I work. I think we should the... make a we should make a note that Illich is is one of Lennon's names. Oh, okay. It's, a, uh, it's actually Lennon's real name. Hmm. Is, is it his first name? Yeah, yeah it's yeah, his first name. Okay. Illich Yulanov is his actual real name. Oh, okay. okay. Um, so uh, you know, dad, dad was was going right from the get, mm-hmm. you know, with this kind of stuff. Uh, but he was given the name Carlos because uh, one of the commanders just couldn't remember his name mm-hmm. or thought it didn't suit being being uh, Latino, so they went they went with Carlos. Okay, and that's how he got the the name. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you're right. This is where it kind of goes off. I'm I'm I was just kind of going. Whoa, 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 hold on. <laughs> I mean, let's talk about, you know, some of the other stuff. Like They mention, this is how I say that he's completely inept, as it <laughs> turns out. Um, he, had, he had a rocket launcher in the airport yeah. at Orly, and he missed the yes. planes. <laughs> he, he got in, he was assigned the assassination of, of, of the head of the, I want to say the British Jewish Association. I think that's what it was called at that particular time. He got into his house. He got past all the security and everything. He found the guy in the bathtub that he was meant to kill. He shot him from point-blank range between his nose and his upper lip, and he hit a crown, and the the bullet bounced off. (laughs) It knocked the guy unconscious, but he failed at that. The phrase broadside of a barn comes to mind right about now. So he's... He's, he he had this reputation of being, you know, this vicious killer, but more times than not, he kind of didn't work out well. <laughs> by, by the way, the class photo was just one of my favorite. All, all the guys with the towel, you know, the, the, the towels wrapped around their faces so that no one can yeah. identify them. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, I just picture like the yearbook photo for that. What is the technical name? A Koofy, right? Is that what yeah. the... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Now, now I know for future episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, th- this is where I would add lucky because then he manages to get away because of the incompetent security details to protect all these people. Yeah. Like he, he misses it. He misses the shot. He miss. He misses at the airport, and yet he manages to get away just because. Nobody is paying attention, or he just manages to slip through. This is where I also say he was lucky because. Well, the other thing, yeah, the other thing that we passed over is is that when he got kicked out, <laughs> have we have we got a clip of that or? Uh, no, I okay. So he gets he gets to Algeria with the with the oil minister of Saudi Arabia and the oil minister of Iran, mm-hmm. and instead of instead of killing them, which was his original assignment. He sells them back to the yeah. government for <laughs> reportedly between twenty mil and fifty mil. Oh wow! Yeah. Oh yeah, and he keeps the money. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, the PLO kicked him out, and and that's why Batter Meinhof mm. basically put a contract out on him. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah, because he was he was playing the capitalist. Yeah. Which while he being always, a terrorist, which he always was. <laughs> he was. Yeah. Yeah. So, and by the way, he loved he loved the women. He did. He yes. was a playboy. He was a playboy. Oh yeah. Someone someone at some point has to explain to me the bad boy syndrome that women have. I don't get it. <laughs> oh, I I think I might have that uh, in a clip. Oh really? Okay, go. I, I might have that. Okay, it's just going to be our 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 German psychologist friend. Maybe I I can't remember. 
But uh, let me just play that clip right now and see if he's in there. An hour's flight away in Paris, a favorite girlfriend was Nancy Sanchez, a Venezuelan student. Carlos told Nancy he was a businessman. He spent long hours on her telephone and often went on business trips. Why would some women find a murderer like Carlos appealing? Well, I think that aside from probably being personally attractive, uh, this kind of dangerous life has a kind of heroic attraction to a number of people. Uh, I understand movies and television shows are being made about such characters that probably use the same type of charismatic attraction that he also uses in his personal life. Okay, first of all, I am going to... Uh, my second thought, I will, uh, I, I will hold off on for a second. Um, I love the accusatory tone of <laughs> Leonard saying business trips i know <laughs> that dramatic pause you hear about you hear a lot of that in forensic files too by the way yeah uh, because because this is a family show i'll I'll, ha I'll kind of split this term in half but he was kind of a hound yes i mean mm -hmm. yeah um but then also the the, the psychiatrist there sounds like he doesn't watch tv and and movies because he no, said yeah. I, there there are you know, as I understand it there are there are TV shows and movies being made about this very subject. It's like mm -hmm. you don't get out much, do you? <laughs> go go watch some TV. Um, so apparently, uh, well, after uh, Carlos uh, sold off his uh, his hostages, um. The Algerians let him escape by giving him a passport. <laughs> yep. So they it, they just you know, it's it, it's it's that thing called not my problem. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> and this became a this became a theme in his life <laughs> until he was caught. Is that he would be given sanctuary in places like Hungary. Uh, he made a deal with the Stasi in East Germany. Hmm. Um, and he, he had a staff of 75. <laughs> the Stasi gave him a to do what? <laughs> Get him more chicks. I there mean, you go. You know, yeah. Why not? Um, he was in Jordan for a while. They yeah. kicked him out. Then <laughs> he was in Syria and they kicked him out. Um, and then he finally ended up in the Sudan. Yeah. And then the Sudan, the Sudanese gave him up to the yeah, French. Well, they, they, they drugged him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they gave him up. <laughs> Is is he still alive? Yes, apparently, or you know. But he's in prison in France. He's in prison. Oh, okay. For the two secretaries and more, where for the the guy who couldn't operate the gun. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, uh, so yeah, his his ineptitude finally caught up with him. Yeah, he's sixty nine now, and um, you still hear from him once in a while because he he thinks that all of his crimes were created by the Mossad. You know. Ah, uh, of course. He also converted to Islam. Really, and Mary, and for for I I don't think for particularly religious reasons. No, because he got yeah. It allowed him to marry a woman while, while he was still married to another one. Ah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, all right, we have one more clip. The high cost of combating terrorism is affecting us all. We pay for increased security at airports highly trained specialists like these to deal with terrorists like Carlos. 
In France, for example, the group d'intervention de la gendarmerie trained constantly for the day they might be called upon to combat Carlos or his terrorist friends. Anti-terrorist squads are on round-the-clock alert, not only in France, but in the United States, Britain, West Germany, and Israel as well. They are constantly spending money to develop new weapons and tactics. To a man, they believe it is not a question of whether Carlos will strike again, but when, where, and how. I really wanted to see Nimoy like going down a zip line. <laughs> that would have been that would have just been really cool. Oh, letter D, boy, the Mission Impossible years. <laughs> uh, the the other thing that we should point out is that they mentioned something about the high that Carlos has now caused the high cost of security. Uh huh. And when they show the security of the airports, it's like ColecoVision. I like it's the, like, it's I like, like I like the I like the one guy like he was look he was like going to move something he like knocks over a camera. Yeah. <laughs> it's like knocking stuff start, over. I thought, I thought they were going to start playing pong on, <laughs> on these video monitors. Uh, yeah. By the way, we're still paying for it, and I don't feel much safer. Um. So uh, yeah, we've come to the end of our episode. Uh. Anyone have anything to add? Yes, I do. Yes. I have waited four years, four years, for I, what I believe is going to be my favorite episode of In Search Of. And if they do it the same way they did this one, I'm going to be very <laughs> pissed. <laughs> Call, right to Kay Hoffman. There we are. <laughs> so, uh, Steve, anything to add? Well, I would just like to uh, highlight this um, to Oliver. Um, there was a a CD published uh, put out by uh, Luke Haynes. Do you know Luke Haynes from the Auteurs, no. English, the English band? He did a entire album dedicated to the Bat- Batter Meinhof. Oh, really? And he has a song on that where it, it is called "Kill Martinez." Hmm. Oh my god! Which, which he writes a song about <laughs> Batter Meinhof's attempt to kill Carlos the Jackal. Oh, my God. Well, it's funny because Batter Meinhof couldn't organize a picnic. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So. But we should, I mean, this is another snapshot. I mean, with all these Mm -hmm. little terror, I mean, in the 70s, these little terrorist groups. Yeah. You know, like Red Dawn and and all the, what was the Basque one called? Oh, yeah. The ETA. It was the ETA. Yeah, something like that. I mean, there are all these little rebel groups that are made up of six yeah. people, you know, and, you know, posters of Che Guevara and Patty Hearst on their, yeah. on their wall. Yeah. Ooh, the Symbionese li- uh, Liberation Army. Army. Yeah. 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 Uh, one of my favorites. But in search of do better, or mm-hmm. I'm going to be very angry. Yeah. Uh, so, Oliver. Oh, in, the produ- in the production oh. meeting, you can kind of see this as, a, as an interesting pitch absolutely yeah because, because it was like really relevant to the time yeah yeah um you could see why they would latch on to this topic mm-hmm. yeah so uh oliver tell people where they can find you on the internet you can find me on twitter at oliver rockside steve you can find me on twitter at silver spoon communist no sorry <laughs> <laughs> Doc Pinko. And you can find me at AlienCG on Twitter, and you can find this podcast at Illuminati Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, I admit it. I am Carlos the Jackal. 
Oh no, I'm not. I'm 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 Jason the puppy dog. Uh, have a good Don't week, make everyone. Me say it. <laughs> <laughs> Toodles all. See ya.